Hello everyone, this is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief of Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing with the March 28th edition of today's Electrical Economy Podcast sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. We're coming to, it, to you today from the home of the Final Four Kansas Jayhawks. Congratulations to the other teams in the Final Four, Villanova, North Carolina, and Duke. It's been a great tournament and enjoyed watching teams from all across the country. Champion Fiberglass began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit fittings in 1988 and in 1989 developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics. This met the most stringent codes and specifications. In today's podcast, we'll be looking at some new population data from the U.S. Census Bureau and the latest electrical price index data from Electrical Market Newsletter. We'll also be checking out some weekly economic indicators that can offer an early indicator of where the electrical economy may be headed. These five weekly indicators are initial unemployment claims at the state level, freight railcar traffic, the Baker Hughes rig count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring today's electrical economy for 2022. For the week ending March 19th, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial claims was 187,000, a decrease of 28,000 from the previous week's revised level. This is the lowest level for initial claims since September 6, 1969, when it was 182,000. The U.S. national unemployment rate remains at 3.8%. In the next couple of slides, you're going to see just how many decreases we've seen at the state level in unemployment claims. These six states had decreases in unemployment claims for at least 1,000 for the week ending March the 19th. California with a decrease of 5,341 claims to 39,545. Big drop to Michigan, which had 497 claims. That's a decrease of 4,767. Kentucky had a decrease of 2,593 claims. Illinois had a decrease of 2,134 claims. Kansas had a decrease of 2,069 claims and Missouri had a decrease of 1,087 claims. Only five states had increases in unemployment claims of more than 100 for the week ending March the 19th. That's the fewest states that we've seen since we've been tracking the data. These states are Florida, a decrease of 794 claims, Pennsylvania with a decrease of 381 claims, Tennessee, a decrease of 266 claims, Iowa with a decrease of 226 claims, and Connecticut with a decrease of 159 claims. One of the more interesting leading indicators for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic. It's a measure of how the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, or AAR, and this is published weekly. For the week ending March the 19th, total U.S. weekly rail traffic was 499,362 carloads and intermodal units, which is down 2.7% compared with the same week last year. For the first 11 weeks of 2022, U.S. railroads reported a cumulative volume of 2,521,622 carloads. That's up 3% from the same point last year. There were also 2,828,405 intermodal units, which is down 7.1% from last year. There was more of a mix of increases and declines in freight rail traffic since our last podcast. Non-metallic minerals has a 12.4% increase and coal was at 10.4%. These were the two largest increases. Petroleum and petroleum products was down 14.8%.
and motor vehicles and parts was down 14%. They had the biggest declines. If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes rig count. This tracks the oil and gas rigs that are operating. The data is available by state, by basin, and nationally at www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com. This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and gas deposits. It gives you a good sense of just how many of the large oil plays are in Texas and Oklahoma, and just how big an area the Marcellus gas region covers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. The week-to-week -week gains and rig counts in, in the individual oil basins are small, but over time they're adding up to some sizable percent increases. The Permian Basin, for example, which accounts for almost half of all land-based rigs in the United States, added 100 rigs since last March. That's good for a 46% gain. Also in Texas, the Eagle Ford Basin gained 23 rigs for a 72% gain. North Dakota's Williston Basin gained 20 rigs for a 154% gain. And the Connor Woodford Basin added 17 rigs for a 155% gain. There's been a lot of interest in natural gas production in the United States because of the sanctions against Russian oil and gas production. While the U.S. has a remarkable amount of natural gas potential, in recent years it has not produced anywhere near what it did in the 2004 to 2008 timeframe, as you can see in the chart. Declining prices for natural gas and environmental concerns for new drilling were two of the biggest reasons for the drop in natural gas production. As you, the chart shows that from approximately 2016 through the current year, we've been sitting at about 200 operating gas rigs. Going back to that 2004 timeframe, we were around 1,000 rigs. That uh, We were over the 1,000 gas rig level all the way through till about 2010. Well, prices for West Texas crude are a bit off their peak that they hit in early March when they, they were at over $120 a barrel. They still are over $100 a barrel, which is quite a mark that we haven't seen over the past couple of years. They've been at that mark for the past two weeks. Uh, at, while we were recording the podcast today, they were sitting at about $113 per barrel. Economists like to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because it's a leading economic indicator for future economic activity. That's because copper is used in so many industries with the construction industry among the leading markets. It's heavily used obviously in wire and cable, certainly on the plumbing and HVAC side too, for copper plumbing pipe. Comex copper prices are off their peak of $4.20 per pound, but they've spent much of their time in the last month or two above $4.40 per pound. And if you look at the chart, you can see that they've been above $4 a pound for most of the time over the past year. February's Electrical Price Index and Electrical Marketing Newsletter shows some additional double-digit gains for many key electrical products. The EPI has pricing data on more than 20 key electrical products going back to 1990. We've been highlighting some of the biggest price increases in this podcast series, but if you need data for all 20-plus electrical product categories, it's available for just $99 as part of an annual subscription to Electrical Marketing Newsletter. This slide shows the electrical product categories that are up over the total index's 19.6% year-over-year increase, which in itself is astronomical. Let's take a look at these product categories that are topping that increase of more than 20% year-over-year. Conduit fittings, which have been riding high for quite a bit over the last year, up 49.3%, actually down 1.4% from January's rating. Non-metallic conduit, also a slight decline, but still up 45.2%. But for you folks in the, pole, in the utility market, we've got pole line hardware, also showing a bit of a decline, but still up 45%. Boxes, heavily with steel content, obviously, 4.4% increase. 
Power wiring cable up 41.6%. Ballast up 39.1%. Building wiring cable up 25.7%. Switch gear saw a 10.5% increase in February for a, and in total 23% year-over-year increase. Motors are up 4.6% with a 21% year-over-year increase, and metal conduit also close to that year-over-year increase mark for the total index. They're up 19.3%. Last week, the U.S. Census Bureau updated its county population data for 2021. It drills down to the local markets that saw the biggest increases and declines in population. In this map, the areas shaded in green are showing annual increases in 2021 over 2020, the area shaded in purple showing the losses. As you can see, many of the regions of the country showing the biggest gains in, are in the Sun Belt or Intermountain states, while the counties losing population are most prominent in upstate New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, and some Midwestern rural states and regions. For those of you that track residential construction, if you overlaid a map of building permits and, and new starts, it would align very closely with this population data because population increases equal increased housing construction. You're going to see some very familiar names in the top 10 counties for population growth from July 1st, 2020 to July 1st, 2021. Ahead by a long shot is Maricopa County in Arizona, the Phoenix metropolitan area, which saw an increase of 1.3% and 58,246 additional residents. Number two on the list, Collin County in Texas, saw an increase of 36,313 for a 3.4% increase. Riverside County in California, also up in the 30,000 range with 35,631 new residents. We've got Fort Bend County in Texas, 29,895, up 3.6%. Williamson County, also in Texas, 27,760, 4.5% increase. Another Texas County, Denton County, 27,747 increase, 3% increase. We've got Polk County in Florida, up 24,287 for a 3.3% increase. Montgomery County of Texas, 23,948, 3.8% increase. Lee County on Florida's southwestern coast, 23,297 for a 3% increase. And Utah County in Utah, 21,843, good for a 3.3% increase. On the flip side, let's take a look at the counties that lost the most population from through eight, July 1st, 2021. At the top of the list, Los Angeles County, population down 184,465. New York County, also down over 100,000. It was down 117,375 for a 6.6% decrease in population. Chicago's Cook County, down 102,395 for a 1.7% decrease. Kings County, in also part of the Big Apple, down 95,022, down 3.2%. Queens County in New York, down 74,321. That's a 2.7% decline year over year. San Francisco's county, 58,764% decrease, down 6.3%. Santa Clara County, also in the Santa, Santa Francisco metropolitan area, down 50,751, down 2.3%. The Bronx lost county population as well, down 47,706 for 2.8% decline. Alameda County, also in the Bay Area, 33,797 people left the area, 1.9% decline. And Miami-Dade County, down 38,990 for a 1.1% decline. 
This concludes our presentation for today. A special thanks to the folks from Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy podcast series of 2021. Please contact me if there's any other type of economic data you would like us to cover in these podcasts. Our next presentation will be on Monday, April 11th. Until then, be happy, be healthy, and go Jayhawks.